Well, good morning, everybody. So good to connect with you today. Welcome to church. So glad to have the opportunity to share with you. Today, I want to start a brand new series called Unconfined, Unconfined. And um, I'll tell you how why I got started on this. This last season for all of us has been a season of confinement. Uh, we've all experience some level of being confined, whether it's stay home, stay safe, whether we have felt uh, quarantined, called to be quarantined, um, unable to get out, uh, furloughed or laid off from work, and just can, they can start to make the walls come in on you a little bit. We haven't been able to gather as a church, and we're uh, looking forward to when we can start doing that again for sure. Can't go to a concert, can't go to a restaurant, can't go to a ball game. Uh, it's, it's all of us have been squeezed in and confined more and more. Can't even go to TJ Maxx, although I hear TJ Maxx is now open for consumption. And the story I want to talk about is Gideon in Judges chapter 6. Israel is living in a confined and oppressed situation. Uh, They're under Midianite oppression. Uh, And uh, what, what Gideon has experienced is what some of us can experience. Confinement happening to you can become confinement happening in you. I know even now, when I see a picture of a crowded room, I go, ooh, are they, should they be six feet apart? It just, it's already, it's already in my psyche to think that way now. But here's what I know. Circumstances around us can become a mindset in us. Uh, I'm remembering when The children of Israel were coming out of 40 years of slavery, and they were being called to to go into a promised land. And the truth is, they could not see themselves as warriors who would win a war over Jericho. They said, we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. And the slavery around them became the slavery in them. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is from the message, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 10 through 12. It says, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Uh, the confinement, the containment, that you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. This is the way God wants us to live. He wants us to live open lives, expansive lives. The enemy is always trying to contain us, to put us into small places, small spaces, small thinking. And the problem with small is it keeps getting smaller. The walls keep closing in. The enemy would love to contain our voice, 
The enemy would love to contain our love. The enemy would love to contain our resources, our, our reach out beyond ourselves. The enemy would love to contain our thinking, our believing, uh, our living. But God wants us not to live confined, but literally to, literally to live in overflow. The enemy wants containment. God wants overflow. The enemy wants us to settle just for an existence, but God wants us to live thriving lives, open, expansive, abundant, loving, reaching beyond ourselves lives. So my encouragement to you today, my encouragement to me today is no more confinement, no more containment, no more fenced in for you and for me. So here's how the story starts. Judges 6 verse 11 says, And the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in a wine press in order to save it from the Midianites. This is just a great picture of the confinement that Israel is experiencing, that Gideon is walking in. Uh, wheat should have been beat out into an open field that would allow the chaff to blow away. But here is Gideon beating out wheat in a wine press, an activity that should have been happening out in the wide open spaces, but is happening in a contained and a confined space. And we've all been pushed into confined places over these last few months. And I know probably even outside of this whole coronavirus, quarantining, staying home, everything being closed situation, I would bet that there is a part of your life that you feel could be so much bigger than your current set of circumstances, so much greater than the place you're living in right now. Maybe you've got a dream or uh, a vision, a passion, a heart's cry for something that's so much bigger than what your natural eyes can see. You were meant to live a dream. You were meant to live a big life, a free life, have a free spirit, have a God-helped kind of life, to breathe big air, to breathe, to breathe in heaven's air. But sometimes circumstances can come and make us feel contained. Sometimes forces that seem to push us in when we're ready to breathe out so, sometimes events happen. Sometimes people's opinions come against us dreaming and believing and going for the life that God has for us. Sometimes negative experiences or disappointments. Uh, the devil, he is real. He is alive. Sometimes our own bad thinking. Sometimes our own bad believing can start to fence us in. That's why I love this passage from 2 Corinthians 6. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. And what God does is he enters into Gideon's world to help him break out. 
Israel was in a place that whenever they would produce something, the Midianites were so severe and so cruel that they would destroy everything that the Israelites tried to create. But then the Bible says, finally, they got to the end of it and they began to cry out to the Lord. You know what? That's always a good thing to do. When you feel contained, when you feel pressed in, it's a good thing to cry out to the Lord. And so Israel in this day cries out to God. And so I want to talk for a few moments today uh, and in, in the next few weeks to come about how do we live unconfined. Um, what happened in Gideon's heart and mind and world that broke confinement off of his life? So the first thing I want to talk about is this idea. Number one is take the long view. Take the long view. Threshing wheat in a wine press was simply a chapter in the, in the life of Gideon. It was a place of confinement that he found himself in at a certain season in his life. But confinement was not the end of the story for Gideon. We have the advantage of reading his story. We could read it in a few minutes, really. This his whole story of being confined and feeling confined and threshing wheat in a wine press to where he breaks out and becomes a fantastic leader, a fantastic warrior, and leads Israel into freedom. Confinement was not the end of the story for Gideon. And the thing I want us to remember is, is this, that we've all lived through situations before that have come against us. There's been pandemics that have happened all, all over history, even recent history, that have tried to hem us in. Uh, we've experienced recessions. We've experienced, some of us, Y2K. We've experienced, for the most part, almost all of us, 9-11. In other words, there are things that happen that want to confine us. We've experienced these things before, but God has always brought us out, and he's going to do it again with the situations we find ourselves in right now. Maybe you lost your job. Uh, maybe you experienced a financial setback. I was reading an article just recently about one of the best restaurants in Asheville and how the, the owner was is such a brilliant restauranteur but was so concerned that they're probably going to lose everything. And maybe you feel that way. Maybe things have slowed to a crawl for you. But I just want to say this to you. If the devil could have already taken you out, he would have. The fact that you're here, the fact that you're even listening to this today, that shows God has something else in mind for you. You got to take the long view. You got to know you're just in a chapter for the moment. The Bible's full of stories of incredible men and incredible women who if you had walked into their lives at a certain phase, you would not have known the greatness that their whole life was going to display. 
If you'd have walked into Abraham's life in a season, you would have found him lying about Sarah being his wife because he was afraid he was going to get killed. He's lying about his wife. Uh, if you would have walked into Moses' life, there would have been long seasons where you'd have just looked at him wandering around with the sheep and wondering, is this guy ever going to really amount to anything. If you'd have walked into Joseph's life when he was thrown into the pit or when he was living in the prison, you would that would just have been a chapter in his life. You can't assess your life by just a chapter that you're in right now. If you'd have looked at Daniel being thrown in the lion's den, you would have thought, there's no God that's for him. But the whole story tells Daniel was an incredible life with an incredible story. Here's, if you'd have, you'd have looked at King David running from Saul, acting like he was a madman so that he, that he would not get killed. Uh, if you would have walked into Peter's life and found him denying Jesus. In other words, these are chapters that if you would have just found these people at this point and said that's their life, then you would have missed the story. The same is true for you and for me. You walked into Paul's life and found him, the Apostle Paul found him in prison and said, oh yeah, God's really good to you, isn't he? But the truth is, Paul's whole story makes a huge difference. You are in a chapter right now, and there are more chapters to be written in your story. And the truth is, God had actually delivered Israel to Midianite oppression because they were rebellious against him. But what I love about God is that even though they were rebellious, even though they got handed over by God to Midianite oppression, it was never God's will that they would stay there. It was never God's will that they would live their whole life confined. Hey, I'm just here to tell you today, the sun will come out tomorrow. A new day will emerge for you. A fresh new chapter will begin for your life. You got to take the long view. Hey, listen, God is not in quarantine. His goodness is still alive and vibrant. His power is still great and as great as it's ever been. His desire to bring blessing into your life is as strong as it's ever been. Come on, you got to take the long view if you're going to live unconfined. The second idea that I want to talk about is this idea. Uh, number two is a revelation of God, a revelation of you. A What would help you and I live unconfined? A revelation of God and a revelation of you, who you are in Christ. So Judges verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. The whole process of Gideon becoming unconfined begins with a revelation. First, a revelation of God. The Lord is with you. And then a revelation of Gideon. You are a mighty warrior. God doesn't start the story of unconfined by changing Gideon's circumstance. He starts by changing Gideon's revelation, 
by changing Gideon's outlook, by changing Gideon's lens, his, his paradigm. He's got to shake something up on the inside of Gideon. Gideon, what do you really believe about God? What do you really believe about you, yourself, who you are? What do you really believe about life? Because you and I will become what we believe. I remember the story where the two blind men were crying out to Jesus, have mercy on us, son of David. And Jesus turns to them and he says, what do you want me to do for you? And they said, Lord, we, we want to see. And he said, do you believe I can do this? And they said, yes. He goes, become what you believe. I love it in the message. Become what you believe. Because the truth is, for you and for me, we are going to become what we really believe. What we really believe about God, what we really believe about ourselves, what we really believe about how life is supposed to be. So, so who is God for you? What is your revelation? How do you see God? Is God, is he kind? Is he loving? Is he big? Is he wise? Is he creative? Is he supportive? Is he abundant? Is he for you? Is he with you? Uh, who is God to you? Or maybe you think, when you think of God, you think of someone who's stern and rigid and hard, or maybe just somebody who's bland and distant, or someone who's angry, maybe someone who's, who wants you to live confined, someone who's never satisfied at all. But the revelation that Gideon gets is the revelation I want us to have. This is that revelation. The Lord is with you. God is for you. The Lord is on your side. I want you to think about this for a minute. The Lord is the Lord. You might go, what does that mean? That means this, other people are not the Lord. Circumstances are not the Lord. The devil is not the Lord. The economy is not the Lord. The Lord is the Lord. COVID-19 is not the Lord. The Lord is the Lord, and the Lord is with you. You know, uh, Jesus led Peter through the same process that Gideon was led through here. Matthew 16, start at verse 13, says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he began asking his disciples, saying, Who do people say? that the Son of Man is. And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But Jesus said to them, who do you say that I am? That's the question for all of us. Not what does everybody else say, but who do you say God is? And Simon Peter answered, verse 16, and said, you are the Christ, 
the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. In other words, your brain didn't figure this out. You got a revelation. But flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven revealed it to you. I also say that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, Hades, shall not overpower it. Here's what, here's what Jesus says to Peter. He says, he says Peter, I'm going to build my church on your revelation of God. I'm going to build my church on uh, your revelation of yourself. And I want us to get this idea. He, Simon was... That was Peter's name earlier. Simon meant reed, just pushed around by every circumstance. Jesus changes his name, gives him a new name, gives him a new identity, gives him a new revelation of who he really is, and calls him Peter, which is the rock. So so he takes him from the reed to the rock. And Peter gets a revelation of God, and Peter gets a revelation of himself. When you find God, you can find yourself. When you locate God, you can locate yourself. But this is the the idea that I want to drill down on. You and I are always building out of our revelation. We are always building out of how we see it. We build our families out of how we see it. We build our businesses out of how we see it. We build our relationships out of how we see it. We build our financial resources out of how we see it. And what we allow into our world, what what we will go for, what ceiling we will put on ourselves, all of it comes out of how we see it. Who do you say that God is? Who do you say that you are in Christ? And we know Gideon needed a new revelation. (laughs) It's pretty obvious because when you look at his response, his response to when the Lord says, the, the angel of the Lord says, the Lord is with you, you valiant warrior, you mighty warrior. Look at the way Peter responds to this. Verse 13, Judges 6. Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, If the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Such a powerful and compelling idea here. Gideon is judging God by his experience rather than judging his experience by God. And he is, he is in this place of saying, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Where are the miracles? Didn't the Lord get us all started, but now he's abandoned us. And then he goes on to say, I'm the least. My family is the least. See, the enemy always wants to diminish your viewpoint on the goodness of God. He always wants to diminish our viewpoint 
on the capacity of God, on the willingness of God, on the power of God. And this is, this is the attack that's been happening since, <laughs> since Gideon's time, happening with Peter, its experience with Jesus, happening to you and I right now. How do you see God? Is God able to break you out of a difficult season and bring you into a great season? Uh, can you see yourself as someone who's not confined, but somebody who's moving into victory and moving into a better season? The enemy always wants to diminish our viewpoint on God. He wants to diminish our viewpoint on our own identity in Christ. Even, remember when the enemy told Jesus after his 40 days of fasting, he says, if you are the son of God, then do this. If you are the son of God. In other words, he is attacking Jesus' identity. But God spoke to the identity that God saw in Gideon. God spoke to the potential that he saw in Gideon. And God declared Gideon a mighty warrior, even though he wasn't acting like a mighty warrior at the time. He declared Gideon a mighty warrior out of his potential. He declared Gideon a mighty warrior, not out of watching his actions, but by knowing how, who he created him for, what he created him for. God called Abraham father before he ever had children. God called Peter rock before he ever stood strong. God calls Gideon mighty warrior before he ever acted like one. Your identity is found in who God says you are. Your identity is received as a gift from God, not achieved by your performance. So I'm here to remind you today that God in Christ calls you righteous. He calls you blessed. He calls you son. He calls you daughter. No matter what you have experienced, no matter what you have done, he calls you beloved. He calls you forgiven. Come on, you got to see yourself the way God sees you. He calls you favored before you ever do anything to earn it. I am urging you to think unconfined, to live unconfined. Don't shrink down to a confined life. Our best life is the life that is lived not from the outside in, but from the inside out. Hey, listen, what you've experienced may not have been the best, but I promise you it's just a chapter and God has a long story to write. Just like he wrote a long story for Gideon, he's going to write a long story for you. Come on, let's get a revelation of the goodness and the greatness of God. Let's get a revelation of who he thinks you are, and let's live by that revelation. I would love to pray with you guys today. 
Maybe you find yourself in a position where you say, you know what? I don't know that I've ever just surrendered my life to Jesus. I, I, I want to do that. I need to do that. Or maybe you're here and you're watching this, you're listening to this, and there's something in you that says, you know, I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with the Lord. Come on, I'm going to pray with you. Maybe you don't feel confident about where you stand with God, but you can. And I want us to pray together right now. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm just going to ask everyone who's watching this, listening to this, just repeat this prayer with me. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart to your love and to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, I've messed up, but I come to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender to Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Hey, love.